0: Greetings, friends. It's December 31st, the last day of the year and the day when we will complete this year's reading of the entire Bible with the final passages from the Old and New Testaments, the Book of Psalms and Proverbs. Those who have been with us for the entire journey, well done. It has been a privilege to serve as your tour guide, and I hope that this podcast has helped you to develop the rhythm of a daily quiet time of Bible reading, prayer, and reflection. And for those of you who subscribe to our written commentary, we hope that we were able to help you connect with God's global mission as we have prayed for the spread of the gospel throughout the world. At the end of this podcast, I want to give special thanks to our producer and all those who've contributed to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast throughout the year. But right now, let's get started in our reading from the Old Testament book of Malachi and the New Testament book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We are starting with the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Malachi, chapter 3. and He will purify the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Robbing God For I, the Lord, do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping His charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? and now we call the arrogant blessed evil-doers not only prosper but they put God to the test, and they escape the book of remembrance. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, the Lord paid attention and heard them and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. Chapter 4 The Great Day of the Lord lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament. It concludes the book of Malachi, and it concludes our reading of the entire Old Testament. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. We learned yesterday that the name Malachi means messenger. Whether Malachi was his actual name or whether he chose to be an anonymous messenger, we don't know for sure. Malachi was not a common name. In fact, we have no record of anyone else in the Bible being named Malachi. As far as we know, Malachi is the last prophet giving the last message to Israel before 400 years of silence that will not be broken until John the Baptist, prophesied in chapter 3 verse 1, will herald the arrival and prepare the way for the Messiah. In this short book, we have more direct words from God in proportion to narrative than any other of the biblical prophets. Notice how much of what is written is actually in quotes as directly from the Lord. The exiles who returned to Israel rebuilt the temple and repaired the wall, hoping their nation would be restored according to God's promise as a light to the nations and the joy of the whole earth. But as the years passed, nothing changed. They were still dominated by foreign rule and would be for centuries to come, Persians, Greeks, and Romans. This hope deferred made their hearts sick. A spiritual disease set in. Worship and obedience to the one true God was no longer their delight. At best, it was their duty. Their mindset was to put in the minimum requirement. What is the least amount of money I should tithe? What is the least amount of participation required to be considered a member of the faith community? There were no more episodes of rallying to build under the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah. There were no more leaders challenging them to action like Ezra and Nehemiah. The Messiah had not yet come. The glory of the Lord had not yet risen upon them as predicted by their prophets. The temple was no longer special in their minds people settled down to their immediate materialistic and domestic preoccupations. They just didn't care. They did not see engagement with divine revelation and obedience to God's commands as being worth the effort. Malachi's goal is to wake God's people up and cause them to see their poor spiritual condition. They think they are worshiping God, but in reality they are just going through the motions. Their worship, their efforts, and their offerings are half-hearted. In the Lord's eyes, they are contemptible. Malachi warns them, if they don't care to draw close to God, He will not draw close to them. Unless they repent and engage with Him through the obedience of faith, they will experience the curse and the wrathful punishment that their sins deserve. And now this commandment is for you, O priests. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings, and indeed I have cursed them already, because you are not taking it to heart. Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this says the lord of hosts if i will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 10 one sign of spiritual sickness is a loss of sensitivity malachi exposes that they are living in denial When he presents them with the facts that they are indifferent to God's love and unthankful for His favor, they protest. How have we been indifferent? How have we shown contempt for your name? In chapter 1 verse 6, Malachi exposes their half-heartedness by pointing to their giving little attention to what concerns God. He predicts that one day the Gentile nations will show far greater respect for Him than they do. In chapter 1 verses 11 through 14, The Lord says that He has made Himself known as their Creator, in chapter 2, verse 10, and as their covenant partner, their husband. As they have broken faith with Him, they have broken faith with their spouses, in chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. The breakdown in their relationship with God soon affected their marriages and home life. Spiritual malaise leads to moral malaise. It is in this context that we hear the Lord say, I hate divorce, in chapter 2, verse 16. The outworking of their disregard for God led to their disregard and violence toward their fellow man, in chapter 2, verse 16. The people of Israel have grown apathetic waiting for the Messiah. The prophet reminds them that God has not forgotten His promise to Israel. God's delays are not denials. He will fulfill His promise. Behold, I am going to send my Messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple; and the Messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts (Malachi chapter three, verse one). The first and second comings of Christ are in view. The first coming will be announced by John the Baptist, who will cry out in the wilderness, "Prepare the way for the Lord." After a long period of silence, He will call Israel to humble themselves, receive the word of God, and repent. We also have the second coming of Christ in view. In the first coming, God comes as a merciful Savior. In the second coming, He comes as Judge. Then I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, and against those who swear falsely, and against those who oppress the wage earner in his wages the widow and the orphan and those who turn aside the alien and do not fear me says the lord of hosts malachi chapter 3 verse 5 the lord makes his plea return to me and i will return to you what about you are you in a state of denial has apathy crept into your soul are you just going through the motions do you see participation in corporate worship as a mere duty Are you looking to put in just the minimal amount of effort to still appear to be a christ follower does your financial support of god's work reflect that you want his name to be honored above all the lord himself gives a word to israel and there are applications for us we may not be under the law of the tithe as were the people of israel but our participation in god's purposes mentally emotionally physically spiritually and financially will reflect the truth of our spiritual condition. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10-12 through 12. The Lord hears their protests. They have said, It is futile to serve God. How has God shown love to us? Where has our worship brought us? What did we gain by all our years of service? In contrast to those who join in complaints against the Lord, Malachi Malachi 3, verses 14 and 15, there are those who know the blessing of true fellowship. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Their names are recorded in God's book. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who esteem his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I prepare my own possession and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. Malachi chapter 3, verses 16-18 through The day of the Lord is spoken of in Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. It is a day of judgment. For some it will be a day in which they are consumed by God's wrath. For others it will be a day of victory and joy. It will be a day of healing, salvation, and triumph over their foes. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. What kind of day will it be for you? God makes a distinction between those who are made right with him through faith in Christ Jesus and those who do not. God will send his messenger and accomplish his work of reconciliation. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. As he sent his messenger John the Baptist to prepare for his first coming, he promises to send Elijah before the great and awesome day of the Lord in chapter 4 verse 5. So the Old Testament ends with the word curse to highlight that apart from the intervention of the great messenger Jesus Christ That is our end. But God, who is rich in mercy, made sure that Malachi's last word would not be God's last word, for He has not forgotten His promise that all the nations of the earth would be blessed by Abraham's seed. God's word is good. His word would be made flesh and would dwell among us. He is the fullest word, the final word. May every heart prepare Him room. As we have just read the conclusion of the Old Testament, Let us now move on to the conclusion of the New Testament, the final chapter of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, Revelation chapter 22. The River of Life Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit jesus is coming and he said to me these words are trustworthy and true and the lord the god of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place and behold i am coming soon blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book i john am the one who heard and saw these things and when i heard and saw them I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. And this concludes our reading of today's portion from the New Testament. It concludes our reading of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, and it concludes our reading of the New Testament. What a glorious visit we have today. The new heavens and the new earth are presented to us. The angel shows John the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Notice that the single throne is shared by the members of the Godhead. The life of the enthroned sovereign Godhead is central to all commerce. The life-giving water flows down the middle of the great street. His life is the main street. His life is our source of supply and our place of interaction. His life brings forth its variety of fruit. Notice, one tree of life is mentioned, and yet it appears on both sides of the river. The tree produces twelve crops for the twelve months. The number twelve symbolizes His people, twelve tribes, twelve apostles. Christ is enough for His people. The leaves of His tree are for the healing of the nations. The curse is not only reversed, it is gone. There is no remaining evidence of its existence but the nail scars borne by our Savior, who became a curse that we might be delivered from it. In the future age, our lives will be fulfilling in every way, in our service and in our relationships, in our commerce and in our industry. All will be for His glory and in His name. The Lord is the light who enlightens all. 3 times we hear Jesus saying in this chapter, I am coming soon. Revelation chapter 22 verse 7, verse 12, and verse 20. John is told that the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ is authoritative, final, and to be read today because the time is near. Chapter 22 verse 10 and verses 18 and 19. People's natures will be revealed as condemnable or holy based on whether or not they are identified with Christ by faith in revelation chapter 22 verse 11 unrepentant sinners will have no place in this royal city revelation chapter 22 verse 15 but only those who have come to faith in the blood of the lamb in chapter 22 verse 14 yet the invitation call goes out throughout the church age how appropriate that this book of blessing ends with an invitation to salvation the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. Chapter 22, verses 17 and 18. Whereas the Old Testament ended with the word, Curse, the New Testament ends with a Blessing the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Revelation chapter 22 verse 21. Now let's go to the final psalm in the longest book of the Bible, the book of Psalms, Psalm 150. Let everything praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How fitting that we end the year with a symphony of praise for God's greatness. We lend our voices to the praise given by the angels of heaven in Psalm 150, verse 1. The Holy Spirit inspires this great sounding together of musical instruments even as He calls forth the praises from our hearts. We hear from the brass, strings, percussion, and woodwinds in verses 3 through 5. But the greatest instrument of praise is the regenerated spirit of the believer purchased by the blood of Christ. Those who were dead in their trespasses and sins and have been miraculously resuscitated by divine breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150 verse 6 As we have read the conclusion of the Old Testament and the conclusion of the New Testament and the conclusion of the book of Psalms, Now let's read the conclusion of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31, verses 25 through 31. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. And this concludes the book of Proverbs. The noble woman described in Proverbs chapter 31 demonstrates a spirit-controlled temperament and a deep trust in the sufficiency of God's grace. Her godly character is of greater value than her outward charms. She wears a godly demeanor, is clothed with strength and dignity, exhibits a confident outlook, and thoughtful speech. She is instructed in the wisdom of God's Word and speaks the truth in love. She cultivates her talents and conducts her various business activities without neglecting her domestic responsibilities. Her testimony is appreciated by her husband and her children. What is the dominant feature of this woman? I believe she resembles a fruit-bearing disciple of Christ, a worshiper who gives evidence of an authentic walk with the Lord. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to bring us through this year. Our lives have been so enriched as we have received your word. In your light we have seen things in a new light and our minds have been renewed. Thank you for so many answered prayers. Thank you for calling out in the darkness and bringing the dead to life. Thank you for showing us who you are, the Alpha and the Omega, the entire alphabet of truth. May we know your favor as we are positioned and abide in your promised land, our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know your loving eyes will be upon us and caring protection will be with us according to your word. Deuteronomy chapter eleven verse twelve: The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning even to the end of the year. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining with us, and I want to give special thanks to those who have participated in the production of this podcast this year. Primarily to God for the gift of His Word, for Robin Hamill, our producer, and for our guest readers, Peter Healy. The assorted members of the McAdam family, Jonathan, Heather, Isaac, Selah, Ben, Mary Ellen, and for Ben Harris, Robert Meck, Andrew Blair, David Orvash, who's now in heaven, Joe Rosado, Gabe Ellis Ferrara, Michael Morris, Glenn Gray, Kevin Lazowski, Glenn Wagner, Devin Wagner, Joni Orvash, Keith Thomas, Josh Anthony, Steve St. Laurent, Joel Wiebe, and Sparrow Gray. God willing, we will be here to encourage your Bible reading tomorrow as we start out on our next round in a new year. Perhaps you know someone who would like to join our next trip through the Bible starting tomorrow, January 1st, pointing out some of the amazing sights, helping you to make sense of it from Genesis to Revelation, and with two trips through the book of Psalms and Proverbs. If you have any questions or comments, you can write us at podcast.newlife.org. And if you'd like to subscribe to a daily email with a written copy of our commentaries with prayer prompts for the nations, you can subscribe at our website, newlife.org. May the light of God's word continue to shine upon the finished work of Jesus Christ and bring forth the fruit of his life, establishing you in his righteousness, peace, and joy. Shalom.